0: what's up champs Derek here me and Justin want to talk about your fantasy leagues we want to talk about your redraft your keeper leagues we're doing custom league podcast episodes 2020 review news and notes league rule changes keeper suggestions and analysis draft breakdowns postseason predictions and more to sign up all the information can be found on both of our social media accounts on twitter at PigskinChamps and on facebook at pigskin champs pod
1: get ready we're turning it up get ready get ready we're turning it up what's going on everybody it is another episode here on the pigskin champs fantasy football podcast it's derek it's me and we are here and excited for another episode and uh, we are going to get into some risky players but you guys can find us on twitter at pigskin underscore jgonzo and pigskin underscore d rock derek how are we doing tonight man you know life's good man life is really good hell yeah man <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it was short, really good man you know you short got the, s- short and <laughs> sweet that's all i got for
0: you today man life is good like, super excited to be here with you and and all the listeners absolutely let's get man. into it man let's let's get closer and closer how, to this 2021 season how are you doing man
1: dude i'm doing great man i'm in the the last month
0: final stretch you know
1: that my baby is going to be due here sh- very very shortly yeah so we're we got a lot of stuff prepared a lot of things ready to go oh
0: dude i've never seen two people more prepared <laughs> For a baby
1: in my life, dude, the love and support has been tremendous. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited to I'm to excited s- for you, man. To that's see what I'm great. even having, man. I don't even know if it's a boy or girl. We're finding out when it's born. So yeah. I'm truly, truly excited. So it's going to be a very, very exciting time.
0: It's it's it's, it's all love here, man. That's it, that's super exciting. So, but first, guys, don't be a chump. Follow the champs. Follow us on Twitter at Pigskin Champs. Follow us on Facebook at Pigskin Pod. Justin, like he said earlier, at Pigskin underscore Jay Gonzo. Myself, at Pigskin underscore Rock. All right, guys, let's talk about some risky players.
1: No risk, no biscuit. All right, guys, today we have a couple players for you that we feel are going to be risky players. I think they're more towards the top of their ADP, uh, just guys that we feel, you know, they come with a little bit of... Of a risk. That's why we call them risky players. You know, it's just guys that we don't think have a very, they they might not be completely safe. They come with, you know, whatever team situation. whatever traps. Exactly. Booby traps. Derek, you want to kick us off with your first one, man?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, my first guy is Robert Tunyon, tight end for the Green Bay Packers, okay? And we're going to start off the conversation by talking a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Zero idea. This is 99% of the risk for Robert Tunyon, okay? With Aaron Rodgers last year, this this, this will show you how much this guy needs Aaron Rodgers. He eclipsed more than seven targets once in 2020 and more than a 70% snap share once, okay? He scored 11 touchdowns last year, 11. His draft cost, listen, his draft cost is not going to kill you. That's not why he's a risk. He's a risk because... He had the majority of his fantasy production on touchdowns in 2020. And if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, if he has Jordan Love, I feel like that touchdown number is going to come crashing down. And he spent a lot of the time last year getting two targets, four targets, three targets. Now, if you look at the, his game logs, he caught, there was one game the entire season where he had more than like two incomplete passes thrown to him. Right. So, like, if what I mean by that is if he had five targets, he had four catches. Right. So, he was literally catching yeah. everything, everything thrown his way. Now, is that most of that's Aaron Rodgers or is that he, you know, I'm betting a lot on it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and yeah. Aaron Rodgers is just an amazing quarterback. If he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, it might be a wasted draft pick, even though it's not going to really hurt your team if you take him in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. I'm still just not willing to pull the trigger right now unless we know more about Aaron Rodgers' situation.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. I I agree with you. Uh, I think Robert Tunyon had a lot of upside coming into this season. You know, I think he's currently what ECR like nine or something like that. I think he's ten. No, he's uh, currently nine, nine on nine. ECR, and you know he's he's going really really late, so he can definitely be paired with another late tight end or maybe a streaming candidate or something oh, gonna like that. So, you're going to have to. You're going to
0: have to. If you take him, yeah. you're going to have to back him up with something. Unless you know f- definitively who the quarterback is, you have to pair him with somebody. Yes. And I don't know about you, but in single quarterback, redraft leagues, I don't typically draft two tight ends. Yeah. Unless I really believe in a, like a, a, a super late sleeper, like, I don't know, like a Colt Komet or a Adam Troutman, one of those guys. Like, yeah. But – if I'm taking one tight end, I don't want him to be a guy that's got built-in, like baked-in risk. Oh, if absolutely. Aaron Rodgers isn't there.
1: I mean, there's baked-in risk with the entire Green Bay offense if, 100%. If, their point, if Aaron Rodgers is no longer there. Right. But
0: the one you know? thing that I will say, there's a reason why I didn't put Aaron or Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams on this list, is because by themselves, without Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Jones can be fine. Without Aaron Rodgers, I think Devontae Adams is still... One of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, but I don't T- know if he Tunyon's gets... not that proven yet.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I'm not I'm not arguing with the fact of that. I'm just saying that uh, to back up your point, Tunyon did have. You know, he relied heavily on touchdowns last mm-hmm. year, and he was very very efficient with because you had a quarterback throwing for forty touchdowns and five interceptions. A very efficient quarterback throwing very efficient passes. You got very, very efficient uh, playmakers, man. So I do think that there is a lot of risk that comes into that. I think the entire Green Bay offense takes a little bit of risk if Green if Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Oh yes. And so and that, that's let's what see what happens. Is- but the biggest guy that that has the biggest risk is Tunyon because he solely relied on the play of Aaron Rodgers' MVP season.
0: Right. So. Right. Because before that, before you know, the year before when Aaron Rodgers didn't have an MVP season. He wasn't, Tunyon wasn't doing anything. Absolutely. So it took an MVP type season for him to produce. And if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, I just, I'm not sold on the talent yet of Tunyon. So, all right. Who's your next, who's your first guy, Justin?
1: All right, man. So my first guy is going to be, uh, Will Fuller, the newest addition to the Miami dolphins over this off season. Um, man, Will Fuller is one of those guys. He just, he couldn't stay healthy. He was always missing games. He was always out. And then all of a sudden 2020 came around and it's like, man, this dude, what this man can do without DeAndre Hopkins on the field. It's like he's the only guy there and it didn't matter. It was kind of like the whole Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. Like everybody knew it was going to Stephon Diggs. Everybody knew it was going to Will Fuller. I know Brandon Cooks was there. He was a top 15 wide receiver and all. But it didn't, it, it didn't like surprise you. It, it, it was just, I know, Brandon Cooks just felt like he was there. Even though he finished top 15, It didn't really feel like a top 15 season. right? Uh, but Will Fuller was doing special things, man. He was doing very special things to play Deshaun Watson. So now he's coming over to a team like Miami. Already expectations are tempered because it's Tua. It's a new offense. It's a new playbook that they're trying to install. But a lot of people are taking him as maybe their wide receiver three or whatever the case may be. Uh, right now, I believe Will Fuller is wide receiver 37, going at ADP of 96. All right. So you're given, he's in that middle of the draft where it's not hurting you. It's not killing, you know, but it's not helping you either if, if you bust on that kind of player. Okay. So the risk that's involved with Will Fuller is you. I don't think he has the upside that you know he is capable of having that he had last year, okay? I don't – that's the risk that's baked in. You're taking him because there's a reason why Devontae Parker is so low. Mike Gusecki not even in the top ten. Like, you know, it's stuff like that where all these playmakers are – very, or, or just drop just because of the offense of Miami. I think we're relying a little bit too much on our defense. and I think it needs to – I hope the coach speak of this up-tempo and we got to push the ball a lot more, blah, blah, blah. I hope it really comes to fruition because I think that it would help fantasy football players from the Miami Dolphins be relevant. Uh, Will Fuller, to me, is – the one that I want to take my chance on. It if I'm gonna take a chance on another one, it's gonna be Jalen Waddle. But for me, Will Fuller is the one that's gonna stretch the field more. It's the ones that 2-0 just was barely missing those throws due to the lack of either, you know, he wasn't comfortable or just the lack of who he was throwing to. He wasn't throwing to anybody. And now you got a guy like Will Fuller, who's a little bit taller, a little bit faster, can and knows what he's doing. I want to take Will Fuller, but I know the risk that you have, and I think the risk is the upside. I think that that is the biggest thing that you're going to have Will Fuller. I don't. I think there's lack of upside.
0: It's scary taking a wide receiver who is playing with a quarterback where you don't know what he's going to be, and I think that that's yeah, that's that's enough risk right there to pause and to hesitate on pulling the trigger and drafting him.
1: Are you taking him like around guys like Jerry Judy? Debo Samuel, um, Cortland Sutton is right around, like, uh, Cortland Sutton's probably about two rounds before him, but you got guys like Devontae Smith, uh, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Brown, you know, you, you got guys, I can see you wanting to take the shot on him, but there's also guy I mean, I know Devontae Smith is a rookie, but he's projected the number one wide receiver. Like I'm I might want to take Devontae Smith over Will Fuller because I feel like there's more upside.
0: No, and the other thing too to remember is that he will miss week one. Absolutely. And that's without Absolutely. an injury. Yep. So um yeah, if you're drafting him expecting to use him week one, I mean I'm sorry. I mean they are you are playing the Patriots, right, week one? Uh yes. So I yep. probably wouldn't play him anyway against that defense. But either way, you know, he, yeah, he does have some baked-in risk. Like he, his only season where he stayed relatively healthy was last year, and he had a quarterback who led the league in passing. Yep, two was not leading the league in passing this year.
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: I can confidently plant my flag and say that's not going to happen. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I agree with this one. My next guy, and this honestly might be a little bit of a, a little bit of a hot take. My next risky player is wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Okay. Wide receiver seven in ECR, 24th overall in ADP. So he's a second round player. This offense was insanely efficient. Insanely efficient. We talked about that in the Chumps or Champs series. He is this offense was I mean, they ran the ball so effectively. Dalvin Cook was carrying the team that opened up a lot of stuff for the offense, play-action pass, stuff like that. Kirk Cousins had a great connection with guys like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson hit over 1,400 yards. But he did it on 125 targets, and that's never been done before in the history of the NFL. And that stat came from Mike Taglier. Okay. I'm going to just give him his credit right there. That's a good stat. I had to use it. Um, he's a screaming regression candidate. Screaming. He needs more targets. I feel like he needs more targets. That that's extreme efficiency right there. If you're getting 1,400 yards on 125 targets, like you're gonna need more than that. Like that's 125 targets is like the number two in an offense, you know. So for him to produce at the wide receiver seven price tag you're paying, you need him to hit 150 targets or 140, 150 targets. And you need him to score a bunch of touchdowns. You need to he needs to keep up the same pace he was on last year. And I don't I don't want to say, I don't want to go out on a limb and say that we've already seen his ceiling, because I don't think we have. But it's gonna be very hard for me to say he's going to hit that mark that he hit last year again or exceed it. I'm just not confident in that. Minnesota's gonna have a better defense this year. They're a run first team, you know, and and Things can change differently too. Like, yes, Adam Thielen is kind of taking a back seat now to Justin Jefferson, but I mean, if you're an Herb Smith believer and you think he's gonna break out, that's gonna take some targets away. I just don't see a team that's gonna run the ball as much as Minnesota wants to run the ball and play defense like they want to play defense. I don't see Justin Jefferson hitting that crazy production without Serious target totals, and I'm not one that believes Adam Thielen's going to just go away. Yeah, you know he had 12 red zone targets last year, and eight eight of them were touchdowns. So Kirk Cousins loves Adam Thielen. You know he doesn't like love Justin Jefferson the way he loves Adam Thielen. You know, and don't forget Dalvin Cook, man. I mean, I know you can't forget him. He's a top two pick this year. So biggest point is he's a regression candidate. I'm not taking a guy who I think is going to produce less than he did last year with the seventh overall wide receiver or the 24th. I don't want to take him in the second round. Yeah. I'll take him in the third round, but I just don't want to take him in the second round because I feel like he's going to regress. And, you know, that that may not be a bad thing. Like, he can still produce top 24 numbers. I'm just not willing to bet on him being the wide receiver seven this year.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see him being the uh, a wide receiver one. Not, I don't think he has like the wide receiver one upside that everybody. The problem is, know. is
0: that yes, if he's not a wide receiver one, you're drafting him in a spot where he needs to be a wide receiver one. Yeah, absolutely. If he doesn't hit that wide receiver one, if he doesn't hit top twelve numbers, and you drafted him as a seventh receiver off the board. You draft him in the second round, you've skipped a producing running back or another superstar wide receiver that is going to hit those marks for a guy that's going to regress. I just think that the risk is too much in that second round. Like, I need guys that are going to, that you know are going to produce. Like, if you looked at, okay, so just look at ECR, right? He's going wide receiver seven. The next guys after him AJ Brown, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin in there, Robert Woods. These are all guys after. All of these guys can outproduce him. All of these guys are ones on their team. All of these guys can hit 140, 150 targets. I don't know if he can hit that mark in this offense. So, I mean, he's not necessarily, I wouldn't call him like a landmine. Like if you draft him, he's going to explode. He's going to bust. I'm not calling for a bust season. I think the price is too high.
1: Yeah, I mean he he is baked in with a little bit of risk. You don't know if he's going to be able to sustain what what he had last year. What do he finish? Wide receiver? What? Wide receiver six. Yeah, so finishing at the wide receiver six, man, I don't think he can go up from there, especially with the guys in front of him, and 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 some of the guys like you even mentioned behind him. You know, right now he's ECR uh, wide receiver eight. But, you know, you got Terry McLaurin that gets a quarterback upgrade. You know, Michael Thomas is still the only cat in that offense right now. You know, he could see a lot of targets this year, even especially if it's Jameis Winston. You know, uh, we might be talking a little bit about Mike Evans a little bit later, but Allen Robinson, uh, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb. I think a lot of these guys have the potential to to gel with Justin Jefferson like and, and match him in, in these – stats and i think for me if he was closer to like if he obviously he had a tremendous season it's hard to repeat that 1400 yards is hard for anybody so you have to keep in mind that if you're taking this player you're not taking the same player that exploded last year it's going to be a little bit of regression like you said so yeah i mean he, he definitely has some risk baked in i do like that um, so my next guy that I'm going to talk about is he was borderline for me when it came to our blacklist, but I didn't put him on there. I don't, I don't know if he's a do not draft for me or what, but this guy is one of the riskiest running backs in 2021 for me. And it's Josh Jacobs. All right. Josh Jacobs, man. He, he finishes the RB eight last year. And it did not feel like he finished like the RB eight. You were happy like two to three weeks out of the season. You were ecstatic to have Josh Jacobs on your team, and now I I grant it he he is getting taken as the wide receiver. Well, not wide receiver, running back twenty one in ECR, and he's going about ADP twenty nine. So right right in the beginning of the third round. All right, so. With Josh Jacobs, you have a guy that just to me, all of his like re- or his receiving work that he got I, to me is gone. I, not, I mean, obviously not all of it, but he might get like Derrick Henry type targets.
0: I mean, he really didn't have a whole lot. I mean, he it's did. not like his receiving work was
1: exactly a
0: lot last year to begin with. I mean, there's a lot of one target games on his game log.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he had 45 targets with 33 catches, you know, but to me, the addition of Kenyon Drake, the money that Kenyon Drake got, I, and with John Gruden, you know, saying, Oh, he can line up anywhere. He's going to be utilized as a receiver or whatever the thing it case may be. I think that he eats into Josh Jacobs workload a lot more than people expect. And to me, if I'm looking here on ECR and I'm off on the draft board, I would probably rather take DeAndre Swift over Josh Jacobs. Uh, I would probably rather take Chris. I definitely would take Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, J.K. Dobbins. Like, all these guys are going right around him. All right, J.K. Dobbins going right before him, but everybody else I mentioned are going after Josh Jacobs. And I would rather have them because they're a little bit safer. All right. You know what you're getting from all these other guys. You don't know what you're going to get from Josh Jacobs. You know, it It could very easily be very close to a 50 50 timeshare. And who's going to get the goal line work? Or is there even, you know, enough goal line work to go around to sustain wide receiver or running back two numbers? I, 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 to me, I don't think so. And if it is, it's like low end RB two. That's what I'm projecting is just that low end right now. He's coming up with the high end running back to, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't like Josh Jacobs at all this year. And he's got a lot of question marks surrounding this team, especially with the addition to that backfield.
0: No, I, I mean, it's, it's a good call. You know, like you said, guys going around him: Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, uh, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, Clyde edwards hilaire J.K. Dobbins. All those guys, I feel like could get a larger workload than him. And you're right; he's going to split time with Kenyon Drake. Like they didn't bring him in with the contract they gave him to sit on the bench. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs had a lot of like 25 plus carry games last year. I think that that upside. It's. I mean, it's still kind of there. He can. He could get that, but it's going to be way more, way more spread out than oh, fantasy managers are going to want to believe. Absolutely. And I feel especially like taking if, him the spot that you're going to take. You're going to have to take him. It's just not worth it.
1: Yeah, especially when his teammate is going right around the same time as him in Darren Waller and what people are projecting Darren Waller to have this season. Uh, I, I just can't see Josh Jacobs. Finishing where he's at, you know, I, I he, he might be borderline RB three. We, we don't know. You don't know how this timeshare is going to work and how it's going to affect.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because you, you, like you said, you don't know. And to take a guy this early in the draft that you don't know where he's going to finish. I mean, I mean, I have him at RB 24 in my own rankings. Okay. You know, it's, it's a little bit, it's a couple spots lower than ECR, and I I just think it's he's he's one of those guys. He's a risky guy. He's yeah, a guy that I absolutely. just can't take it. I can't take him. All right. So my last guy is it's a little bit of a bittersweet for me. This
1: this hurt. This is I mean this hurt it to put on the really,
0: show, Doc? Listen, it doesn't really hurt because at the same, yes, we're talking about risky draft picks, right? But this doesn't mean that these are guys that I don't want. Like this isn't the blacklist episode that we just did couple weeks ago these though, are
1: guys that you're thinking twice about taking when right, it's right. so yes Europe it does play. hurt
0: i mean yes i am a Tampa bay buccaneers fan super bowl champs 2020 never forget uh champ <laughs> bay all right all that good stuff mike evans the wide receiver for the defending reigning defending super bowl champ buccaneers is my last risky draft pick for 2021 now like I said, it hurts to put him up here, but you can't. Or the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Okay, number one, he was wide receiver eleven in PPR formats in twenty in twenty twenty. But just like a, you know, Josh Jacobs type player, he wasn't. He didn't feel like it. It really didn't feel like it. Yeah,
1: okay? one, one catch, two yards, and a touchdown. Like.
0: Exactly. Two targets, two catches, two <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, hey, two touchdowns is great. It saved you, but that's
1: the point that's super efficient
0: okay 20 25 <laughs> of the fantasy football season so weeks one through 13 he had games with less than five targets those were weak killing performances now the touchdowns like we said did save some of those weeks the problem is is that you know he had 13 touchdowns does that number go up or down i mean it, it could stay the same but like touchdowns are very volatile and like they could come crashing down. He could score five touchdowns this year, and if he gets games with two targets and is not scoring touchdowns, you're in a, some big trouble. Yeah. And taking him where you have to draft him right now is a huge risk. Absolute huge risk. You look at um, ECR right now, you've got Mike Evans as a top 15 wide receiver. Sitting at wide receiver 15 in half PPR uh, ECR. He's going ahead of Chris Godwin, who is who I think is the better player in this offense to own. I've been on record saying I'd rather own Antonio Brown than both of them just because of the value you get on Antonio Brown rounds later. But Chris Godwin is a guy I feel like is going to soak up all the targets. He's going to get he has, he's going to get the volume that I wish Mike Evans would have. Mike Evans is going to score some touchdowns. So let's not get it twisted. Okay. But in the second round, I'm not betting on touchdowns as my only yeah, absolutely. Like if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't score 13 touchdowns, what do you have? You have a guy who could bust week to week. He's he's a super inconsistent wide receiver. Absolutely. And maybe it's just this offense. Maybe it's just Tom Brady needs time to figure out. You know, maybe he just needed time last year to figure it all out. But I just I just can't do it. I can't do it in the top two rounds. I can't take a player who relies so heavily on touchdowns. I mean, he finished. You just look at his game logs, man. His game log last year, you pull it up, and he had three games with two targets. Three of them. Two of those games with no touchdowns. So, yeah, I'm not drafting him. I'm not drafting him in the top two rounds. It's not
1: happening. Yeah, man. He's going in at ADP right now, of 43. So he's going in that fourth round right there. Uh, he's not quite going that, uh, you know, the second round like you were saying. But I understand because how the draft falls, there's a very good possibility that you're talking about Mike Evans as your wide receiver one. You know, a lot of guys are chasing that that Travis Kelsey or that Waller or the Kittle in those early rounds. And if you're going, you know, running backs and, and tight ends and next thing you know, you're like, Hey, I got to take me a wide receiver and your options. Mike Evans is wide receiver one. Like it's hard to pull that it, trigger. It, it's hard to pull that trigger Cause I, you're, you're right. It's all, it's all touchdown. It was all touchdown. And to me, When they started clicking and they started, you know, Tom Brady started figuring out and stuff in that second half of the season, that's when Chris Godwin was banged up. You know, he wasn't on the field all that often and there was just one less body out there. And Mike Evans and him, you know, created a little bit of a chemistry and he was able to sustain some value week to week. But now with Chris Godwin being healthy, Antonio Gibson having a full or Antonio. Brown having a full off season Gronk having a full off season, Tom Brady having full off season. I think with all the pieces there, it's very hard to project where the ball is going to go week to week. And to me, you're right. I think Chris Godwin has the safest and the highest floor out of the team. And I think if I'm, but that's wide receiver two. Like I'm not projecting a wide receiver one. Like I'm not taking these guys in wide receiver one territory. So for me, if I have one of these guys as my water, like Mike Evans as my water receiver too, on my team, I'm happy. I I just don't know if I'm able to pull that trigger. I'd rather go and take you know a little bit uh, of an upside. Five picks before uh, Mike Evans is is Terry McLaurin. You've got uh, CD Lamb going three spots after him. I think there's a little higher upside, a little and a a little higher of a floor with C.D. Lamb. You still got Amari Cooper going three picks after him. You got Julio Jones, uh, you know, Chris Godwin, like you said, you know, there's a bunch of these guys that have, to me, safer floors and higher floors that are going to give you more week-to-week production more than you're like, make or break it, like, yeah. you know, kind of Tyler Lockett situation. Grant, I don't think he's got his 20 target games in like Tyler Lockett did, but you know what I'm saying? Like bust, like complete bust. Like you, you can't have that from a wide receiver one.
0: No, you, you, you know? can't. All right. Take us home. Last guy. Who you All right,
1: going? dude. All right. My last guy is, this one's kind of tough for me as well, because I'm high on this guy this year, but you can't sit here and tell me that there's not risk involved with this guy. So I'm really excited and I want to draft him, but it's DJ Moore. Okay, DJ Moore from the Carolina Panthers. He's we, we still don't know his projected role. You know, some say he's gonna be in the slot, some say Terrence Marshall is gonna come in and be in the slot. Um you also have a new quarterback in Sam Darnold that's coming over. Hopefully this the Adam Gase spell is gone and and he actually is a decent quarterback, and it wasn't just his coaching. We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. He was one of the worst graded uh, quarterbacks out there per PFF. All right, so we we don't know. It was it the offense that he was the coaching he was surrounded in, the offense that he was playing in. We we don't under know what Sam Donald truly is. I think we're going to get a little bit better of a visual of that this year, and we're going to get a little bit of a feeling. In preseason, we're going to see what they're about and what he's about. Let's see if they can make some noise. But we're truly going to get that a couple weeks in. So, am I really excited taking DJ Moore as the number 18 wide receiver off the board? You know, he finished – Teddy Bridgewater, you know, had three top 25 wide receivers last year. DJ Moore was wide receiver 22, you know, and half PPR. So, I I just don't know – if what Sam Darnold did, what his projected role is, DJ Moore, plus you're going to have a, a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Like that's alone. You're not going to not give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. You're not going to not check it down and let him do what he does. So how much are they going to pass? Where are they going to pass it? Who are they going to feed the ball to? They still have Robbie Anderson. I, I just don't know. I know Joe Brady's a good offense coordinator, uh, I just need to see a lot more before I feel comfortable with DJ Moore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm one of those people that thinks he's going to be in the slot. This year? I, I do too.
1: And I hope he does. Because yeah. if he does, then that's Sam Darnold's best friend is the saga. I mean,
0: let's not pretend they have a tight end that's worth a damn. Yeah. You know, so
1: not Dan I don't
0: Arnold. I don't think that they're gonna be running a whole lot of two tight end sets. I think they're gonna have a lot of three receiver sets on the field, which is gonna put DJ Moore in the slot. Terrace Marshall could play on the outside. You got Robbie Anderson. If he's in the slot, that's more valuable for fantasy from a you know a PPR perspective, right? He's gonna get those short area targets, he's gonna get a pretty good volume. The problem for me is Sam Darnold. Is he is the Adam Gase curse thing real? Like Is he
1: actually a good quarterback? Yes. Like, and
0: listen, I've I've I I don't know how much of a record I've been on, you know, because we're relatively new, yeah. but I have not liked Sam Darnold since he came out. I didn't I didn't understand the hype that was surrounding him. I feel like people just said he was the next greatest thing because he was a quarterback in the draft class. You know, I feel like a lot of the analysis on Sam Darnold was mis- misguided, and I don't know. I just never really believed in him, and this is his chance. If he doesn't do it now with a top five running back, a you know DJ Moore, who's an emerging star, right? a Robbie Anderson, who he's played with before, an excellent play caller, a great up-and-coming head coach, if he doesn't do it now, it feels like a Drew Locke situation where if he doesn't do it now, it like, or like a Tua situation, if they don't do it now, are they ever going to do it? Mm-hmm. With the pieces they have around them, if, it, if they did not do it now, are they ever going to be able to be a quarterback that can sustain fantasy options? And that and it right there is enough risk for me to say no to DJ Moore because of the quarterback situation. Now, Teddy did it last year. He supported three guys in the top 25 in this offense. Yeah, he wasn't seeing ghosts. No. <laughs> he was not. He was not seeing ghosts. I agree with you, man. I think that it's 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 a little risky taking DJ Moore. And it's it's for me, it's a lot, it has a lot mostly to do with the quarterback.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, guys, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you all for listening. Remember to follow the show and us hardworking dads. Justin's baby's on the way, almost here. Yeah. My Three-nager and friggin' toddler. I got two kids, man, and they run my life, and it's crazy. It's crazy out here. Follow both of us on Twitter, and the links are in the description for our social media pages, our personal handles, pigskin underscore jgonzo, and pigskin underscore drock. Justin, another episode in the books, man. This is episode 16 16 man
1: yeah man we are we're gonna keep this train rolling Heck we, yeah uh, let's take it out of here yes sir appreciate you guys tuning in again do not see ghosts reach out to us don't be a chump follow the champs yes sir all right guys y'all have a good one see you